Blog Talk Radio. Another day, another chance. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Riding the Wave. I'm Mark Healy, the editor-in-chief of the Wave, news, uh, Wave newspaper, uh, Rockaway's newspaper, since 1893. Joining us today is New York City Councilman Roy Lantzman. Roy is running for Queens District Attorney, and this is the uh, what I think is going to be the final um, uh, candidate interview uh, for, this, for this race. Uh, welcome to the program, uh, Councilman. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, full disclosure, uh, we just uh, discovered that we, um, well, I just discovered that uh, the councilman and I both graduated from Queens College in 1991, so that's pretty funny and exciting. Well, I'm sure that the, your, your listeners will uh, attribute your strong bias in favor of me and my candidacy to that <laughs> as, a, as opposed to your, your commitment to my issues. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so let, I'm going to get right to it. Uh, about a month ago, I wrote an editorial about um, my concerns about the race and all the people that are running in the race. Uh, I felt that a lot of the rhetoric is about reform, which, and look, no one's going to say, uh, no one's going to sit here and say that the criminal justice system uh, in New York City doesn't need reform. But one of the things that I took away from a lot of the rhetoric uh, is that a lot of people are talking about um, not our, not not no one seems to be really running on that classic uh, law and order ticket, you know, where they're talking about we're going to keep the streets safe and we're going to, you know, make sure that uh, you know criminals are put away and that type of thing. And it's more about uh, it seems to the you know to to some of my readers that a lot of the candidates are talking about um, and, and on your website the number one thing that you know, your issues, you say that uh, police misconduct is something that, you know, is very important to you. So Rockaway is made up from, of first responders. There's a lot of uh, people who wear the uniform uh, on, this, uh, on this peninsula. Uh, but there's also a lot of people that have been on the other end of something that you consider very important. So to the people who are concerned about the lack of that kind of tough rhetoric, what would you say to that when uh, when people bring it up to you? Well, I'd say it's a new era of criminal justice. People understand that the criminal justice system we have is unfair, that it's broken in many ways, that it's racist and it discriminates against poor people in, in extraordinary ways, and there's an awareness throughout the city, in fact, even throughout the country, that um, the criminal justice system is broken, 
that prosecutors have played a significant role in breaking it and that prosecutors have an opportunity to fix it. Now look, I'm a city council member. I care about quality of life. I respond to my constituents' concerns about safety. We read our, uh, our CompStat reports pretty reliably, and we want to make sure that our communities are safe, including me, my wife, and our three kids. But you cannot have a criminal justice system that gives people of color criminal records for the rest of their lives that make it hard to get a job, to get housing, to get edu education, in some cases even, even to vote, um, for low-level offenses that shouldn't be in the criminal justice system in the first place. You can't have a criminal justice system where you're people sitting on Rikers Island because they can't make $500 bail or, or any uh, small uh, or any amount of, of cash bail. They're basically sitting in jail because they're poor. And you mentioned police misconduct, and, and it just so happens that today I was at one police plaza, the opening of the Eric Garner, um, the, the trial of the officer who killed Eric Garner. We are now going on five years <coughs> where there has been no justice for what is clearly, in my mind, um, an unauthorized uh, police killing that we all saw on video. These are the issues that the public wants us to address. We have shown in the council, through the work that I have done to decriminalize low-level offenses, to mitigate the effects of cash bail and reduce the number of people sitting on Rikers Island, to any number of criminal justice reforms that we have passed in the last five years and still keep crime down. Crime overall is falling. Quality of life issues are, have, have, have improved. The city is safer than it's ever been, and that is, it, it, is, it is as safe as it is with all the criminal justice reforms that we've done. So I, I don't think anybody running for district attorney, um, particularly as a reform candidate, has any intention of making our city, our borough, less safe for those of us who live in it. When I talk to, or when I've talked to the other candidates about uh, their experience and some of the things that they've done, uh, I know that one thing has been raised, uh, not just by the candidates, but I've raised it as well, uh, is um, yourself uh, and Melinda Katz both lack the uh, experience of being a prosecutor. And that's been brought up by, you know, more than one person that uh, that would, uh, how can someone oversee the Queens District Attorney uh, the department or, or office without having prosecutor, you know, having been a prosecutor, um, you know, you know, you've been a politician, a very good politician, and you, and you have a tremendous amount of experience. Uh, but in the, you know, prosecuting well, a high, like a high-profile right, case so for, I, that, so for that. So I, I, first, let's understand. I've, I've been a lot more than a, than a politician, or as I prefer a public official. For most of my adult life, I was a practicing lawyer. I was a civil litigator in state and federal court representing people who had been wronged, representing people against corporations who had um, endangered their safety or taken the lives of their loved ones, represented um, women who had been sexually harassed, representing uh, uh, people who had been discriminated against on the job, representing working people who had their wages stolen. So I've been inside courtrooms as a, as a, as a, as a trial lawyer, as an appellate lawyer, um, and building big cases, significant cases, against opposition that, that often dwarfed uh, what we could bring to bear in terms of resources um, and, and be successful and deliver results for people. So it is true, you cannot be the district attorney 
without significant and substantial legal experience. And that's what separates me from, from the borough president, who, for all practical purposes, has no working experience as a lawyer. But you don't need to be a prosecutor. For those of you longing for the days of, of, of Richard Brown and, and law and order, may, may he rest in peace, Richard Brown was never a prosecutor. The Staten Island District Attorney, Mike McMahon, was never a prosecutor. You need to have substantial legal experience, you need to have substantial public policy experience, and you need to have a demonstrated record on the things that you say you're going to do. Now, if you say you're going to be a law and order, lock them up, throw away the key kind of district attorney, you should have experience in that. <clears throat> if you're like myself, and you say you're going to reform the criminal justice system, you're going to make the criminal justice system fairer, you're going to refocus the criminal justice system's priorities to protecting working people and their wages, protecting homeowners and their homes, protecting women, you know, rape is up in Queens, including on the Rockaways, and the Rockaways, then you need to be able to point to a record that shows that you can advance those interests. That's what I bring to the table. Substantial legal experience, substantial policy-making experience, and the, the certainty in the mind of the public that the things that I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do, because I've done them. Now, your background, for those who don't know, uh, in addition to chairing the Committee on Justice, uh, you're part of the Mayor's Office of Criminal Justice. I, over uh, I oversee the Mayor's Office. You oversee it, right, I'm sorry. But, you're also, and, and, but as part of that, you also oversee uh, all five district attorneys in, That's in, right. in, in, in the five boroughs. That's right. So I find that interesting uh, for a number of reasons because as the as as the as the as the capo de tutti capo of, of that group um, how would you then fold yourself into you know if, if elected how would you then fold yourself into you know becoming one of those DAs well in the council, I chair the Committee on the Justice System, which oversees the five district attorneys and the special narcotics prosecutor. And folks may not know this, but the district attorneys are actually funded from New York City tax dollars. So when I say oversee them, I oversee them. We approve their budget. I know their operations, their policies, their procedures. And their offices are testifying before my committee uh, all the time on, on criminal justice-related hearings. So I know the Queens District Attorney's Office very well. And I can walk in there with an understanding of the policies and practices that I want to change, the operations of the office that need to change to support those policies and practices, and also the ability, as someone who is a public official, to be able to do that part of the job of the district attorney, which includes going to the city council and asking for money for this program or that program, going to the state legislature, I used to be a state assembly member, and talking about we need to reform the laws this way or, or that way. And a lot of the laws that we need to reform, actually, up in Albany are not what you would consider criminal justice reform laws. They're actually laws that would make it easier to bring white-collar prosecutions and makes New York's white-collar practices more in line with, the, with that of the federal government. So I feel very comfortable being able to walk in the door of the Queens District Attorney's Office, literally, as I have many, many times, sit in that big chair and create a... Uh, framework and, and leadership for implementing the policies that I think are, are necessary. And I look forward to the other four district attorneys and the special narcotics prosecutor looking at what we're doing in Queens and saying, uh, gee, I wish, uh, I wish we could do that. You talk about um, that you could, could walk right in, right? You know, you, you have, you, you understand the, the, the process 
uh, you understand kind of all the little ins and outs that might stop, you know, might prevent someone that doesn't have that background to be able to, you know, start right away and hit the hit the ground running, as it were, because that was one of the criticisms that, in particular, that uh, you know, Judge Lasik uh, brought up about anyone that's running that's never prosecuted a case that you'd have to kind of learn on the job. Um, you kind of, uh, not kind of, but you certainly have, have demonstrated that that really won't be the case with you uh, for a lot of what we're talking about. How would you consider your relationship with law enforcement, the NYPD in particular, uh, and do you think that it's important to have a good relationship uh, with the NYPD to be an effective uh, district attorney? It's important to have a professional relationship with the NYPD. What has happened, frankly, <coughs> is that in Queens in particular, there has been too much of an identification between the district attorney's offices and the uh, district attorney's office and the police to the point where when the police bring cases to the district attorney's office, they are not scrutinized carefully enough, that the office is not aggressive enough in making sure that um, police officers who have a, tis uh, have a history of either testifying falsely or giving false affidavits or other problematic behavior um, uh, are not relied upon to build cases. Um, it's very rare where we have a prosecution of a police officer in Queens for misconduct, whether it's violence against a civilian or the kind of um, uh, falsifying of, of, of evidence that goes on all too frequently. As a council member, I have pushed the police department relentlessly to be more accountable, to be more transparent. Um, your listeners might have opened the Daily News any day in the last week and a half and seen um, my name associated with efforts to make the police department disclose information on police misconduct or fair evasion or any number of other issues that are important for the public to know and for policymakers to know so that we can improve the criminal justice system in, in New York. Uh, look, I, I know what it means to wear a uniform. I served in the Army. I was an infantry officer. I, I don't think that a district attorney needs to choose between holding officers accountable, ensuring that the police department is doing its job um, in accordance with the law and the Constitution, or being um, uh, uh, so uh, uh, deferential to the police in the way they conduct themselves that, um, that they really don't provide the independent oversight that is, that is necessary. We will work closely with the police to fight crime in smart ways, but there will be no room for police or, or law enforcement or prosecutorial misconduct in when I'm the district attorney. Can you think of a situation uh, that, and I just know of, off the top of my head, just a couple of things, but can you think of a situation where You've 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 been to Rockaway before. You have a good relationship, I know, with Councilman Richards, Donovan Richards. Um, can you think of a a situation uh, where? Because one of the criticisms we have here in Rockaway is that 
we feel that uh, the city treats us very, almost like the red-headed stepchild, you know, and I hate to use that cliche, but it fits. Uh, we feel ignored. We feel that sometimes that when uh, someone like yourself uh, is running for office, uh, clearly you're, you came here today, and, and uh, that's always a very, very good sign, uh, and you've been here before, so you're no stranger to Rockaway. Uh, but Rockaway has a very unique uh, kind of map. You know, you have half of the peninsula is probably, uh, you know, uh, lighting uh, their, their, their cigarette lighters for you, you know, <laughs> thinking that, you know, this is a wonderful conversation. And then the other half is, is probably a little concerned just because of some of the things that you've gone out of your way to stand for. Um, and you, you mentioned, you know, the, the Eric Garner case uh, prominently. Um, so I'm always one of those people that, you know, it's easy to kind of sell or, or sell yourself to people who are your fans. Uh, one of the criticisms I have of the mayor is that he very rarely, uh, you know, comes here and sells himself to his critics or, or realizes that he's the mayor of all the people, not just the people that voted for him. What would you say to the people that might be skeptical? Look, if, if you're... If you're a copper firefighter living in the Rockaways, or family member of a copper firefighter living in the Rockaways, you care that rape is actually up in the Rockaways. I think that you care that we don't do any white collar prosecutions in the county of Queens, that people are being defrauded left and right with impunity. I think that you care that elderly people in the Rockaways are being cheated out of their homes through um, mortgage fraud and, and deed fraud. I think that you care that in Queens, a woman is more likely to be disbelieved when she makes a complaint of rape or sexual assault than any other borough in the city. And I think that you care to have a, a district attorney who is completely unafraid to take on mayors, governors, assembly speakers, council speakers. I'm, I'm trying to just like a running list of all the people that I've gone head to head with for the interest of my constituents. I don't know if there's any council member who has been more aggressive with Mayor de Blasio, by the way, over um, integrity issues, corruption issues, and just the way he's running the city. So, you know, if you think that criminal justice reform doesn't touch you because you don't have that kind of involvement with the criminal justice system, I would first ask you to think about why it is that so many other people do have that involvement. But if you don't, and me talking about people shouldn't sit on cash, sh shouldn't sit on Rikers Island because they don't have money in their pocket, or people shouldn't get criminal records for all of offenses. If that doesn't ring your bell, what should ring your bell is the serious safety and security issues that we have in Queens, including the Rockaways, that are not being dress addressed because so much of our effort and so much of our attention is spent on this other stuff. Would you say that your your tenure uh, in the city council, would you say that you're uh, reactive to your constituents? Would you say that you're uh, someone who, when someone raises a concern, uh, that your office or yourself personally uh, responds to it? Because I, I don't have that kind of relationship with you. So I can't like tell my readership uh, well, I have a great relationship with Rory. That's why, you know, I think he'll be a great district attorney. 
Um, so would I, you, would, would you, yeah. if, if somebody asked you that question, what would you, what would so, you respond? So to? I, I remind my, my, my team, my staff, all the time, that what I got elected for, and what got me reelected, and if I were not term limited out, which would get me reelected again, would be the constituent service that we pro provide in the office. The public um, pays much more attention to whether or not we're getting that pothole fixed, that playground updated, that school improved, or that quality of life situation in the corner taken care of, than all the bills put together that I pass in the city council. That comes from my ethos as a public official. Before I was a council member and before that an assembly member, I served on a, my community board for 16 years. I was the former chair of the Queens Hospital Center Community Advisory Board. I was the vice president of my tennis association when I was a, a high, in high school. When I got married, I was president of the board of the, the managers of the condominium where my wife and I lived. And when we bought a house, I ended up being, I think, was vice president of my local homeowners association. So I am an in-the-weeds civic guy through and through. And I think you combine that with my ethos as a lawyer, as a lawyer in private practice for 19 years. The only jobs I've held in government is when I was elected to the assembly or elected to the council. I had to make my way in the world in the private sector as a lawyer, representing people who had been hurt and injured, which means, nine times out of 10, I didn't get compensated as a lawyer or my firm didn't get compensated as lawyers unless we were successful. So client service, constituent service, that is the core of, of who I am, both as a lawyer and as a public official. One last thing. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard from victims of crimes who have uh, interacted with the Queens District Attorney's Office who have felt that they have not been consulted, kept up to date, or just informed of what is happening in the case that they're involved with. And that is, I think, a serious breakdown in the district attorney's office's responsibility, responsibilities to its constituents. And that's going to end. One last question for me. And I, I think that um, when I look at you know, the field, I'm looking for what stands out for, for every candidate. Uh, and I think the best way is to ask you, why are you the best choice for this office? You know, you, you, there's a very interesting field of people. Uh, you have the extremely popular Melinda Katz, who was very popular here in Rockaway. Uh, you have, you know, uh, uh, you know, I had a great, great interview with uh, uh, Mina Malik. Uh, you know, uh, Jose Nieves, uh, you know, uh, Judge Lasak, as I, as I brought up before. Um, what separates you from that field? What separates me is that I am, to, uh, in, to, to borrow a sports term, uh, the complete package. I have that extensive legal experience that, with all due respect to the borough president, she simply does not have. And you cannot be the leader of a district attorney's office, 300 plus lawyers, if you can't not um, think and act and, and litigate as a lawyer, it's, it's, just, it's just not doable. You cannot be a leader. On the other hand, the other candidates who do have substantial legal experience have never been involved in making public policy. 
And that is fundamentally what the district attorney is supposed to do. He or she is not in there trying that murder case. Right? But you need to make sure that the policies are in place, the reforms are in place, the values that, that you got elected to implement are actually being implemented. The first time that the Burr president would find herself discussing a significant legal matter in the office would be the first time she's probably ever discussed a significant legal matter regarding a court case. The first time that any of the other candidates came to testify at the city council on a budget hearing or interacted with the mayor's office of criminal justice on a policy matter or went up to Albany to advocate for or against a particular piece of legislation would be the first time they've done any of that. I've done all of it. And I've done it very well. That's a great place to end this interview. Uh, we really want to thank you for coming in, Councilman, and uh, being a part of this uh, candidate for Queens DA series, and uh, really appreciate you coming in. My pleasure.